It's 2022. Happy New Year. I wanted to start off the new year with a positive message. If you build, they will come. Uh, I'm talking about your Y chromosome male line research. Who's your closest male line relatives? How to advance that research. If you create content that people can find by Googling it or looking for it on Facebook or on YouTube or on podcasts uh, or uh, on Wikitree or any of these uh, places that are public searchable, people are gonna eventually stumble upon your content and uh, then they're gonna be contacting you. You're just gonna get random messages or join requests of people that are related to you that you didn't even know. And this is gonna advance your research. Uh, I can share personal anecdote. In October, 2020, I decided that I would take the time to make a YouTube video about my haplogroup to try to, try to explain people why I think it's interesting, why they might find it interesting. The title was, why is YDNA haplogroup J2B L283 so interesting? And I had a vid uh, the thumbnail is a map of Europe showing where more people that are positive for my haplogroup live using the Y heat map tool that I made. After one and one year and three months, it has 10,637 views. It, on average, 23.3 views a day. I'm not the most powerful influencer in the world. And I'm, um, I was really shocked that I have this many views. I get, I get a lot of views on it because I've, when I email people that are in my haplogroup that, uh, are my matches on, on my Y chromosome, I send them a link to this video. So a lot of them end up clicking this link. It's easy to just spend a few minutes to watch a video. And, uh, I guess enough people have wa have watched it and liked it. I mean, there's not a whole lot of likes. 185 so i guess it's one percent of people liked it that's not that much but anyway uh it comes up in searches it's my video that people see the most other videos i've done that is like a monthly update of my progress uh on research they only get like a few hundred views total um so this one just kind of climbed up in the search results and you can do this for your uh, research. Just find the right terms to define how people can find your uh, content based on, you know, t uh, ancestry or no, not ancestry. 23andMe and my heritage, I think, tell you what your Y chromosome haplogroup is. It's not the most specific uh, result that they give you. It's not the most specific subclade, but that's that's your entry point. Um, that's a lot of people do these tests, and then they don't know anything. They don't know where to learn about their YDNA haplogroup. They don't know why it should be interesting. It's just a code that they get, and then a lot of them never end up learning what it means because it's it's not easy for people to find it unless they really look for it. So if they're they're look if they're looking for it. They can find you and they will contact you and then um, that will advance your research.
So be sure to include in your in the title or like hashtags of your content the the haplogroups that are reported by these four major companies. Um, uh, Twenty three and Me, My Heritage, uh, YSeq, which uh, sells Y DNA tests and other tests, and Family Tree DNA, which which also sells Y DNA tests. Avoid using too many technical terms um, like the names of many different branches of your haplogroup because even just put yourself in the shoes of a person who doesn't know anything about YDNA or, or probably doesn't know very much about it. And um, the names of these codes will get will confuse them because they haven't seen them before. And they'll think that that, oh, I, I'm dumb. I should know what this code means. but they're not dumb. Nobody should know what any of these codes mean if they've never seen them before. It's just an arbitrary name of a branch named after a mutation that are basically arbitrarily named. First letters of the, these mutations uh, des designate who, in, who found, who discovered this mutation for the first time. But other than that, it's just, it's, it's for all practical purposes, it's a random sequence of letters and, and numbers. Um, so don't use too many of these um, haplogroup names. Just just stick with like the overarching haplogroup, like the general haplogroup um, that that most people are familiar with. And and then of course the name of your most specific haplogroup that your is your focus of interest. Um, now I'm an, I'm an engineer and I'm a math guy and I do a lot of stuff that's that's requires logical language to explain otherwise it's it's not going to be understood completely like uh so if so um some things you just have to use a lot of complex structures to explain but you might want to your i mean some content you're going to need to to use use um more complex language if if you really want to explain why you believe that that a certain theory makes sense then you might you might that might be uh content that uh, you use more complex language and and logical constructs and you know um but but for this um, content that is supposed to uh, be interesting and understandable and relatable to people that haven't been experienced in understanding w what YDNA means and the terms uh, used in YDNA research and um, the specific codes that define the mutations that you care about, um, you need to keep it simple stupid and that stupid means you're stupid if you don't keep it simple doesn't mean that people are stupid it's a learning curve it's we're fighting a really steep learning curve and um it's it's up to us the people in each group each haplogroup uh need to explain to our relatives why oh how, what it means uh and why it's interesting let me restate that. 
it's not a steep learning curve for uh, learning practical insights about your Y chromosome, who are your relatives, who are your closest relatives, where they come from. It's not a steep learning curve. It's more, it's more daunting. People perceive it as incomprehensible and too hard to try to learn. And they, they are daunted. So we just have to increase their confidence. And you increase their confidence by not making it too complicated. Visual information is really good, effective. You just look at a map and you see places of interest where samples are from, or it's like a heat map. I really recommend people to take advantage uh, of the Y heat map a tool that I created. You, you just enter in your SNP and uh, there's a frequency heat map, relative frequency heat map that shows where more people live who per capita who are positive for your lineage. And then there's a diversity heat map that, sh that uh, shows whichever branch you're, 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 you search on, it will show you where the oldest branches of this line have the greatest uh, representation, uh, where, 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 mo where more of the older branches of that line have some representation per capita. These heat maps are, are useful for understanding the distribution of your haplogroup. And uh, in cases where there is no ancient DNA to prove the ancient origins, you could make an inference, look at where is this haplogroup or subclade, where, is, where does it have the highest diversity and where does it have the highest frequency? And uh, places that ha that are both have highest diversity and highest frequency um, are are going to be more likely to be the origin. But it's not guaranteed because there can be uh, co-migrations from some place where they all actually came from. Maybe a disaster happened there, or they were all killed. Uh, the ones that stayed behind and everyone who left went far away to a different place. And those are the only guys that survived is in this place that's far away. That can happen too. To give you an example of what I'm talking about, I'm consulting right now for some Smiths of haplogroup G, male line G. Smiths, uh, it's, it's the most common surname in English. Um, they either descend from English people named Smith. I'm talking in general now about Smith. They descend from English people named Smith or from Germans, German speakers that were named Schmidt, who changed the spelling of their name after they came to America to Smith. In this case, these guys have paper trails to German names, but they don't know from where in Germany that their ancestors came from. It's, it's very challenging when you have the surname Smith, I can only imagine. So um, I'm, I've tagged this podcast with eight different codes for different successive branches of G that th these particular Smiths descend from. So if anybody uh, gets a result that 
and their name is Smith or Schmidt, and they're in any of these branches, then they could be related, and they might find this content by searching on it. Uh, these these guys in America descend from Schmitz that were named Andreas, Johannes, and Matthias. You can find their website, uh, MatthewESmith.com, to get in contact with these guys. They're in the on Family Tree DNA. They're in the Smiths Project. If you search on Johannes Schmidt with a DT at the end, 1718, then you'll find this cluster of guys. Yeah, get in contact with them directly if uh, you are related. I advise them in a technical capacity to interpret the Y-DNA results, draw conclusions about how they're related to one another.